Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. My co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording the show on Monday, August 3rd, 2020. It's been an interesting news day, Aaron. I don't know if you, you've seen a lot of the, the stuff that broke just today. The Marvel Avengers PS4 thing break over the weekend? or Yes, I saw all of that. and uh... <laughs> you, you gotta feel <laughs> for the poor guy at Bass, the UK retailer, mm-hmm. the Marvel Avengers game comes out on September 4th. So evidently Bass put up their online listing for the Avengers game, but in the description of the item, there was a line to the effect of, play as Spider-Man exclusively on PS4, (laughs) which um, evidently nobody was supposed to know about. That's a whole lot like the uh, death of Qui-Gon Jinn from the soundtrack of the Phantom Menace back in the day. Was, Oops, did we say that out loud? Oops, sorry. Can we take that back? Uh, no, too late. Uh, foot uh, in mouth. That's the fun part of this story because Bass immediately began to backpedal. I mean, first they pulled down the description and then they changed it to Night the- Monkey. <laughs> Well, what I love is the the language got effective. Uh, that information was removed for our product page as it was not correct. Remove the information as soon as we found out it was not correct. And yeah. then, you know, then they went on to mention, well, this information, which, by the way, w- was still incorrect. We didn't get it from a publisher or, or one of our store suppliers. And But that, in turn, it you know, just threw more gasoline on the fire. Well, beyond that, I also think it kind of overshadowed poor Hawkeye because Hawkeye was not part of the original lineup for the game. And fans were like, hey, why why don't we get Hawkeye? And then they're mm-hmm. like, oh, by the way, uh, Hawkeye is going to be able to be played as well. And it was like right after that. And they're like, oops, and Spider-Man. And everybody jumped on the Spider-Man story and, and nobody has acknowledged that Hawkeye's in the game yet. So uh, yeah. if you're a fan, Hawkeye's in there. Uh, but yeah, the Spider-Man <laughs> news is the, is the biggins. I guess that also kind of played into this because when they when they announced that he would be joining the game, joining the roster of the playable characters in the game, the language they used was Hawkeye would be the second of four playable characters that would come into the game post-launch. It was one of those things where it's like, he's the second, so who's the first? And it's like, right. Can <laughs> remember the original Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter and the, the Sorcerer's Stone, Hagrid had that bit, who shouldn't have said that? Well, here's the thing. I mean, the, the Avengers have had such a large and fluid roster over the mm-hmm. years that I think they could just keep this game going by adding mm-hmm. new, different playable characters of, of what we already have in the MCU, because we've already got a wealth of characters that have been on the team that mm-hmm. go just beyond Iron Man, Cap, Hulk, and uh, Black Widow. No, no, no doubt. No doubt. In fact, our sort of window-in character is actually Ms. Marvel. Right. And she's really only come on the stage in, in the last four and five years, right? Or Yeah, she's a, a, a more recent character. On the other hand, when Sony finally came out today, and yes, Spider-Man is in the game, but they kept stressing that he's coming in early 2021 you get him for free if you you have it well first of all he's an exclusive for ps4 but he comes with the game for free if you bought the base version of the game 
Right. So all of their DLC was supposed to be for free anyway, right off the bat. So they were only reemphasizing something they had already stated was that they weren't going to nickel and dime you. There weren't going to mm-hmm. be things like loot boxes, which drive gamers nuts. They're trying to steer clear of all the things that people are currently complaining about today in the the game universe. So I think that they're doing a, a pretty decent thing. And as a matter of fact, when the game first came out, when we got our first look, many people mm-hmm. didn't even like the look of the characters. They didn't resemble mm-hmm. enough what we know from the MCU or from the comic books. They're kind of like this in-between no man's land. And they've retooled a lot of the overall look of the characters over the last several months as well. So they're listening to fans. They're taking their time that they have to, you know, make improvements along the way that weren't originally in the books. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. Well, not speaking of which, uh, Crystal Dynamics, who developed the game for PlayStation, they also stepped forward today and volunteered a little information about the version of Spidey that will be in this PS4 game. Design will be influenced by the versions of Spidey that Steve Ditko and John Romita Sr. drew. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, because Spidey's going to be a member of the Avengers in this game, that means you'll be able to access tech from Hank Pym, S.H.I.E.L.D., as well as Stark Industries. So when it comes to web shooters, you can totally customize this character. The individual version of Spidey that you'll be playing in the various war zones of the Marvel Avengers game, uh, you yourself tailor. So, Mm. you know, everybody's going to get a different version of Spidey, so to speak. But again, we, we mentioned that the character that gets the ball rolling, so to speak, in the, the, the storyline of, of Marvel's Avengers is Ms. Marvel rather than Captain Marvel, that which, which is kind of ironic given the piece of news that you uncovered this past week about what Brie Larson is basically doing behind the scenes at uh, Marvel Studios. Can you talk a little bit about that? I don't know. It, the, the headline was just rather blasé. It didn't, it didn't like champion mm. this as a moment of a thing that Mm -hmm. we should be proud of. So I Mm -hmm. thought, well, maybe we should shine a little light on it and be a little bit happier than the headline reports. Marvel has reportedly agreed to all of Brie Larson's MCU requests. It sounds like Mm -hmm. she was taking them hostage, right? Uh, Not the case. Not the case Mm -hmm. at all. She was just looking for something we would call equality in the real world. Mm -hmm. Uh, She wanted to be paid something equal to what her male counterparts are getting paid. So she's got this huge, I don't want to say huge salary, but it's bigger than what anyone else had at that phase in their lineup. You know, Robert Downey Jr. didn't start off making $100 million deals on Iron Man 1. He had to work his way up to it. So Brie got a pay raise. She gets to be uh, top billed if there's an ensemble movie. Usually mm-hmm. it's the guy's name that's always on top. So uh, that's a that's a big kudo for for that. And then she gets a more creative input on what her character does. And I think that's a really important thing there because mm-hmm. I can imagine how much it must suck if you're playing a version of a character that you love on page but hate on screen. Oh, how mm-hmm. frustrating that must be, right? Uh, Chris Hemsworth had just a little touch of that where he wasn't all that super impressed with the way that Thor was going until we got to Thor Ragnarok. And then he felt reinvigorated with the character, had new life, mm-hmm. had new direction. And he also had some creative input. He, he was able to save, you know, and vocalize. I'm not happy with the way that Thor's going. Mm-hmm. And, and Marvel was able to look at someone like Taika Waititi to freshen things up. Say, how about this? And it worked. So the fact that Brie has got the ability to have creative input and in where her character goes, I think is a, a phenomenal 
step as well. It's always nice to see a collaboration of artists mm-hmm. as opposed to just being directed as, no, 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 this is the way it's going to be. If she's a fan, she should have, you know, a little bit of a vote on what she's going to portray. Not total creative control, but, you know, a vote. So overall, Disney gave her some equality. And mm-hmm. I think we should state it like that, that normally women don't get treated equally in the movie industry. And so that's how I'm looking at this moment. And so I'm going to say thank you to Disney for doing that. I'm going to say thank you to Brie for being a strong role model for people mm-hmm. to look up to and other actresses to follow in the footsteps of. So congratulations. Let's keep that ball rolling. Yeah. Well, that, that interesting you mentioned other actresses because I don't know if you saw the, the thing that showed up on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, it was Michelle Leonk, who uh, folks probably know this Malaysian actress from the Bond girl in Tomorrow Never Dies back in, I want to say, 2000. Uh, likewise, she was, you know, one of the stars of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But they had the shot of the poor woman on the set of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings getting her COVID-19 test. And evidently, it was the second of a series that she had to take before she could begin then begin shooting on this Daniel Destin Creighton movie. By the way, this one still has... A May 7th, 2021 release date. Sydney News 7, the television station there, uh, I guess did a story just yesterday Mm. where they sent a a camera team out to fly over the set of Shang-Chi. And it's a temple village setup, but they, they showed folks on the set painting and finishing the set. So supposedly they were getting ready to shoot this week. Mm Mm-hmm. Downside is they are 18 weeks behind schedule, Aaron. Oh, yeah. That timeline is starting to, to shrink. I mean, it's it's not, you know, like in the case of Black Widow that's completed and sitting on a shelf and waiting for a pandemic to go away. This, mm-hmm. on the other hand, is just trying to get their stuff shot so they can then get it edited so then they can get effects put to it so then they can mm-hmm. get it to a theater, which may or may not still be open by this time on the calendar, you know, next year. So who knows? Is she, do they even have to hurry, really, at this point? They're racing yeah. against the clock where they don't know what the definitive end game is, but okay, go for it. I mean, they have to get yeah. they, they have to get the ball rolling, right? It's not like they can delay. Oh, no, no doubt. The other thing is, I I really think, and I'm more surprised that this hasn't happened already. That uh-huh. Hollywood as an entity, a business, hasn't started sectioning off the studio like a quarantine zone. And like creating a little hotel like across the street or something where they just book the whole thing. And if you have been quarantined for 14 days in the hotel, you get to go across the street and work on the lot. And the Mm -hmm. only place you can go is, you know, from the lot to the hotel. And the food is like brought to you by an outside source. So you don't have to contact anybody or have contact with anybody from the outside world. You know what I mean? Create a little walled in area, pass quarantine, Mm -hmm. go to work. And you can't leave work. That's the catch. But really, in the, in the entertainment industry, it's not like they get mm-hmm. to see their family from, you know, uh, when the sun goes down, they go, oh, day's done. Let's go home. You know, when, you, when you're on location across the world, what are you going to do? You're, mm-hmm. not, you're not at home doing a nine to five. You're in a hotel. So get to work. You know, obviously, the basketball 
the NBA is at Disney and they're in the bubble, so to speak. And Mm -hmm. so far, you know, it seems to be working, whereas Major League Baseball, it's just, you know, every day there's another story about, you know, either somebody being sick or somebody breaking quarantine, I think. I forget which team had players go to a casino this past weekend. Right. And in much the same way as actors are paid big bucks, athletes are as well. And, you know, the whole notion of they have the discipline to train. I mean, right. when you're a professional athlete, to maintain the body, to be able to play at that level, you know, it's a certain amount of dedication. And I don't understand the disconnect of... You know, I'm paid all this money, but I really still want to go to the casino. So I'm going to the casino. Come on, baby. Need some new shoes. Let's give us some snake eyes. Anyway, seeing as we're talking about things that are impacted by COVID, I want to circle back on Black Widow Mm -hmm. because, folks, if the film had been released on May 1st of this year, tomorrow, the 4th of August, would have been 13 and a half weeks, which is traditionally when the Blu-ray DVD of, uh, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe films comes out. But again, I know you've been very good about maintaining your collection. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, in fact, mostly digital, right? You bought them you know, to be able to show on your home entertainment system, right? Yeah, back in the day, I was still buying everything on Blu-ray because I, I still felt the need to do everything physical. Mm-hmm. And uh, after just having an entire room filled with boxes of media of so many different formats and variety, I mm-hmm. just started realizing that non-physical is the way to go because I have it wherever I am. I just mm-hmm. sign into my account and there's my library. And uh, so for so many different reasons in the way that I have to pull audio for work stuff, mm-hmm. it is phenomenally more simplistic to rip mm-hmm. audio that already exists on your hard drive than it is to go over to a box, search through the box, grab the disc, rip the disc, find the section of audio, cut the section of audio, and then place it in your session. It's just, it's so much easier that way. So anyway, I go totally digital. Yeah. Okay. But in the, the, the versions of uh, Marvel Infinity War and uh, Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. did you get, the IMAX version, did that come with the, the version you were able to download? or uh, Infinity War, I don't think they've done IMAX version of anything on D- DVD or Blu-ray. It's always been, and the thing is, because I, I was always paying attention to those details mm-hmm. of aspect ratio. Yeah. And I want to say on the 3D Blu-rays, you mm-hmm. would get the full IMAX scope of and I there's only like a couple of movies that fit the bill on that one and I, I'll have mm-hmm. to go back and look them up but yeah as far as IMAX went up until a point there was only three or four and they had to be the 3D version to get the IMAX scope everything else was standard uh, like 16 by 9 or interesting okay well the reason I bring that up is that IMAX just did its earnings call last week mm. and over this conference call it was revealed that 30 minutes a Black Widow, a Kate Shortland, the, the director, shot in the IMAX aspect ratio. And so I, I guess the irony is if the film had come out when it was supposed to, you know, back on, on May 1st, we'd all be going home and throwing the disc, you know, the Blu-ray or the DVD in. 
and, you know, watching the special features. But as you mentioned, you know, because they don't do the, the 3D Blu-rays anymore for some reason, we'd never get to see that footage, you know. Um, well, those, those, is, that little bit at the top and the little bit at the bottom, that little bit extra, which I do crave those little bits. Mm-hmm. But, Jim, I don't want to I don't want to sound I feel like I'm grumpy old man all of a sudden. Get off my mm-hmm. lawn. But mm-hmm. I have a really hard time being excited about Black Widow right now. Part of it is the fact that after Endgame, mm-hmm. I felt like the story was complete. And then they said, oh, there's a little coda called Spider-Man mm-hmm. Far From Home. That will mm-hmm. really be the end of the Infinity Saga. And I'm like, okay, fine. Because it's my favorite character, that'll be the end. And so, the, mm-hmm. boom, that's the end. And I'm ready to, to move on. I want to get to the Eternals. I want to get to what's next. There's a Fantastic Four. There's X-Men. There's literally thousands of characters and the very first thing that, that we're going to get that we've been waiting forever for is a jump back in time in a story in a book that we've already read the last chapter, closed the book, put it back on the shelf. And they go, oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot to tell you this one part. Hold on. Let's go back a minute. They're like, oh, come on. Not, not this. And so there's that part of it. And then there is just this news. And I hope it's a rumor right now that Scarlett Johansson signed to come back into the MCU. And I just don't know why. Again, thousands of characters we could be talking about right now. Do we really have to resurrect someone? She sacrificed herself to save the universe. Can't that mean something for just a minute before you undo that? And I understand that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it could be an alternate reality version of her and all, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. let the girl rest, man. She's had a long, good, hard run. We all like Scarlett Johansson, but you don't have to bring her back today. I get that. I, I really do. I, but the thing is, just last night, came home and before bed was channel surfing and came across like the last half hour of Infinity War. Evidently, TNT has the network rights to this, whereas Disney Plus has the subscription streaming service. And I had forgotten how well put together that movie was, or you know, and it, it, it literally picked up, you know, as the bottle, Battle of Wakanda is getting underway. And it's really professional entertainment. I mean, you you're always able to know exactly where you're supposed to be looking, or for that matter, they're cutting back and forth between Thor getting his his new axe made and Shuri doing the surgery on, on Vision. And it's just well put together professional entertainment. And if it just you've got 99 me- main characters that all have a name and lines in the yeah. movie and you can come out yeah. of the back end of that coherent... You did yeah. a good job, right? Absolutely. And the fact that they Absolutely. did a, a outstanding job, and it was more mm-hmm. than coherent. It was fun. It was lighthearted, even though the whole universe was online. It was emotional. It was entertaining. It was everything you wanted it to be. So I think it was more than just professionally made. It was a you know the flag of love that we put up as mm-hmm. true fans. This is what we wanted to mm-hmm. see. We wanted to see the spectacle of of the entire MCU culminate in one fantastic you know, three hour moment, quote unquote. It was great. Did you get to say, we, we, you, you, uh, on our last episode, we're talking about how much you were enjoying this final season of Marvel agents of shield. Did you get mm-hmm. to see the, the time storm episode? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. This was honestly one of the most entertaining episodes of agents of shield. I've seen out of the full run of the show. And now, in fact, we'll- I got to tell I got to stop you there. Because you just gave a accidental, uh, outstanding compliment 
to mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Hens- Henstridge because she yes. directed that. That was her first yeah, directing Je- episode. Gemma, Gemma. I mean, uh, that's the other thing. The fact that the, the actress who played Gemma directed this super complex, repetitive Groundhog's Day esque. Yeah, and and but but kept it clean, kept it clear, kept it funny. I mean, that was a real tribute, you know, and to, to knock it out of the park. In fact, I hate to say it, but the episode that ran the following week seemed so pale in comparison. I mean, it it moved, of course, the whole final season story forward, but it just it wasn't that level of fun right. that the Time Storm episode had been, and. It made me think, geez, I really want to see Black Widow. I want to see a fun superhero thing, which, by the way, you say you've you've discovered, but, but not on Disney Plus, but on Netflix, right? Or- yeah, uh, Umbrella Academy season two is finally out. And the long mm-hmm. and short of it is if you enjoyed season one, dive in for season two. You will enjoy it just as much. It will mm-hmm. end with a cliffhanger that will say, oh, my goodness, please give me season three right now. Due to COVID, you may have to wait one to ten years. So <laughs> cross your fingers, cross your legs. <laughs> Uh, all right yes i know that covid has has disrupted much entertainment you know on the other hand you know let's be honest new mutants before covid came along that was having its own issues but by the way folks it just would not be an episode of mud if we didn't talk about new mutants and when we get back we'll, we'll tell you what's going on with that film Okay, so whatever it is, I don't believe it. I'm going to start there. Well, and we'll move the, the, first from of all, to, this has happened to so many films now in 2020. Hollywood has finally officially come up with a name for what's going on. Are you familiar with this term, unscheduled? After editing the fine tuning podcast with you and Drew Taylor, yes, I'm, I'm familiar with it because you chatted about it then. And, yeah, uh, I just, yeah. but I love you know, when language, you know, language gets formed. The, the fact that the, now there's this new term, it's been unscheduled. When Disney unscheduled Mulan very quietly in that same window of time, New Mutants was unscheduled. You don't say. What a shock. Oh, let me go get my surprise face once again out of the closet. Why do I keep it on the top shelf? It's so inconvenient up there. <laughs> All right. I, I, I get that. I truly do. But the interesting thing is that in the tradition of what's now being discussed about, you know, for Christopher Nolan's Tenet, you know, the notion that this film will open overseas in Australia and uh, Europe and Asia, uh, and then eventually in play stateside, New Mutants was actually scheduled to open overseas in Taiwan on August 28th. But just today, the New Mutants release in Taiwan went from officially being listed on August 28th to coming soon. And when I poked at friends at Disney, they were like, okay, we're kind of looking at September 23rd, but don't quote me. That's really not locked in. But the problem is that you're now looking at movie theater chains that we're hoping that they'd be able to open at least, you know, by Labor Day. And now... You know, we're looking into the fall and 
But you've come up with something that you think will help the theaters through this this tough moment. Well, I'm just trying to think practically. I mean, the way it's looking right now, your your luck mm-hmm. of getting New Mutants onto a screen is if it, it played through a, a flashlight onto a inside of a coconut <laughs> because uh, there's no island small enough. It's got to be a population of one. It's it's the only person you're going to view it as you. So I want theaters to be able to reopen. And I was thinking, you know, you you need something in this way of uh, being able to consume your snacks, right? Because I've heard Len talking about being at Disney World. You can only eat if you're stationary and spaced apart. And I was Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, movie theaters got to be kind of similar to that. And I had this idea of, well, this is a way that you could snack and be safe at the same time. And uh, I just called it the COVID corn face mask. With movie theaters starting to open back up and COVID-19 still a great concern for our communities. This is a reminder that you will be required to wear a face mask while inside the movie theater. Now I hear yourself asking, but how will I be able to eat my snacks, such as popcorn, when I'm wearing a face mask? Orbel Red and Smacker is proud to announce our new COVID corn face masks. We simply toss our patent pending face mask into the microwave and hit the popcorn button. After about a minute and a half, your face mask is fully inflated with popcorn. Now, simply strap it over your head like a feed bag. Careful, it's hot. Now sit back and enjoy a full bag of Orbel Red and Smacker popcorn while you watch your movie. Orbel Red and Smacker COVID corn face masks come in regular COVID corn flavor, buttered, cheesy cheddar powder, and ooey gooey caramel. And that way, your face is completely concealed and you can just sit there and crunch, 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 crunch. And it muffles the sound, right? Crunch, 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 crunch. And uh, you can just graze while you watch the new Christopher Nolan movie as you play it through a flashlight onto the inside of a coconut because you're the only one in the little island theater because we can't have things in civilization. (laughs) I'm standing here and trying to figure out that's either brilliant or ridiculous. I can't. The problem is, it really it's ridiculously brilliant. I can't, it's I can't right on the line. People a, don't know. That's it why is. it'll make money. They'll think it's a, a joke, and then they'll scratch their head and go, "But I could actually eat my popcorn and, and be safe." And then they'll buy it, and it'll work. And if you put it on too fast, you, you could burn like your lips and the tip of your nose. The caramel flavor sticks to your beard. I'm not <laughs> saying there aren't some issues that, that need to be resolved, but, you know, we're recording this on Monday. This goes live on Friday. I, I, I think perhaps maybe just file the patent. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you know, just or at least, you know, start filling out the copyright paper. You know, sure, yeah. You know, you don't want to be walking into a cinema when they finally reopen in a year, two years, whatever, and seeing this being offered. And, you know, that's your home by the sea right there. Yeah. Well, again, I know Aaron's convinced that he's never, ever going to see New Mutants. And in fact, at this point, I don't even think you actually think the film exists. Oh, no, I know it exists. I know it exists. They've showed us pictures of it. They've talked about it as if it existed. So uh, you just you you just need to go to an island where you're the only person. They will give you one cell at a time. You'll get to put it into your flashlight, flash it into the inside of a coconut. That's the theater of the future. I'm telling you. Okay. well, let me give you a little information about uh, a little more information about this film. Josh Boone, the director, was talking with Slash Film uh, just last week 
about the film, and he revealed that early on it was supposed to be set in the 1980s, in pretty much the same period as X-Men Apocalypse. And he wouldn't name the executive at Fox, but they supposedly said the studio didn't want to make any more X-Men movies that were set in the past. Boone went on to say, as if that was the reason that Apocalypse was bad. So we were put in the position where we had to kind of rewrite to set the film in kind of a nebulous time where nobody knew how the movies had turned out. So Dark Phoenix wasn't out yet. So again, the characters talk about, you know, Professor X and those sorts of things, but there were no cameos from other characters to sort of lock in what exact time period it was. Also, out of San Diego Comic-Con, the at-home version uh, we had last month, we now have a detailed outline of this film you're never going to see, Aaron. So here we go. It's, it's in a terrifying, action-filled film based on the Marvel comic series. Five young people who demonstrate special powers are brought to a secret institution to undergo treatments they are told will cure them of the danger of their powers. These include... Danielle Moonstar, a.k.a. Mirage, uh, who's played by Blue Hunt, who can create illusions from other people's fears. We have Rain Sinclair, who's uh, played by Maisie Williams, who can transform into the werewolf Wolfsbane. Sam Guthrie, who's played by Charlie Heaton, who, as Cannonball, can fly at jet speeds protected by a force field. We have uh, Robert DaCosta, who, a.k.a. Sunspot, who's played by Henry Zaga, who can absorb and channel solar powers. And finally, Ilya Rasputin, a.k.a. Magic, who is played by Anya Taylor-Joy. And she is the younger sister of Colossus. Uh, Magic uh, becomes encased in armor at will and wields a soul sword that amplifies her multiple superhuman and psychic abilities. So anyway, there's there's actually a lot of really cool characters from the comic books that we're looking for. Magic in particular. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people were just excited to see a soul sword. That was it. Mm -hmm. That was their day. They were done once they saw that in the trailer. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of cool stuff. But, uh, hey, you know, the story of Orange Glad I didn't say banana. (laughs) The uh, that that was released when the movie was supposed to first come out back when I was a teenager. I had never shaved yet. I had my first crush. And there was a rumor of a movie called New Mutants. Mm -hmm. And now I'm old and I require a cane to walk. And we're still hearing the same synopsis because they haven't really changed the movie at all in the years that uh, it's it's been supposing to to come out. So, Orange You Glad, I didn't say... (laughs) Banana! But here's the thing. Just last month, uh, on July 28th, we had the sixth anniversary of when that Deadpool test footage mysteriously got leaked, Mm -hmm. which in turn, you know, created such a sensation uh, that just three months later, Fox, which had sat on that footage... You know, that that test was completed, Aaron, in 2012. Mm-hmm. They got the tone. They got the exact, the version of Deadpool that they wanted. And the thing is at Fox, they looked at it and it's like, wow, it's really violent and it's incredibly, you know, adult language. And I don't really think this is a movie we want to make. And they put it in the vault and they walked away from it. And Tim Miller actually went out 
and recruited James Cameron mm. and, you know, gave him the script for Deadpool and read this. And would you please go talk to the people at Fox? And, you know, he came in and said, this is a really funny movie. There's really an audience out there for. And it's like, and Fox is like, yeah, I know you're James Cameron. I know you're Titanic. I know you're your Avatar. We're still not, you know, we're not going to make an R-rated superhero movie. So eventually it just got to the point where it's like everyone who saw the test loved it. But there were still these executives at Fox that would just say no, that didn't want to, to make that movie. So it was only the reaction on when that thing was released to the internet and Marvel fans lost their minds because this was the Deadpool they loved from the comic. And more to the point, you know, Ryan Reynolds gave this masterful vocal performance because let's be honest, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of real Ryan Reynolds in, in that footage. There's a lot of CG and there's a lot of stuntmen really earning their pay. But it was only after that footage got leaked that that movie moved forward and then became a hit and got its sequel. And now uh, ironies abound because, again, here's Disney, you know, staring down the barrel of Deadpool 3. You know, they really want to work with Ryan Reynolds, especially given that he's the guy who made Free Guy for them. So I want to say a couple of things here. Uh, mm -hmm. First, just because you talked about violent and funny, yep. Marvel, I would like a Harley Quinn for the MC universe somehow oh. that, that cartoon, because it's, it's violent, it's vulgar, it's dull, it's funny. And, uh, I, I want something from, from you, Marvel, mm -hmm. just like that, but, but yours, yep. you know, find, find mm -hmm. your character. It's probably going to be Deadpool or something like that. Cause that would fit. Okay. So now moving on to what you're talking about, the whole Fox thing, I, I mm -hmm. would give you a hundred dollars. If any of those Fox execs had ever heard of Deadpool or read a comic book, if they read a comic book, I'd give you a thousand dollars because they're not attached to that. They don't know why it was good. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could look at it and they could read it and they could chuckle and go, ha ha, but they don't know chimichangas. They don't, they don't know about all that. So they don't get it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for a fan that gets it, mm. they're, they're going to be raving, slobbering, stupid for it. So it's not like we've ever expected an exec to know what to do with something cool until after it was already made cool. And they go, oh, there's money in that. Oh, let's make mm -hmm. 12 of them right now would do whatever they did and they just point and go duplicate 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 more money with then with no thought so let's mm -hmm. not be surprised that they didn't get the joke lastly for the mcu problem mm -hmm. deadpool 3 i think they've got their own solution and i'm sure someone's had to have thought of this the deadpool movies have had people from the x-men movies in them however mm -hmm. no x-men movie ever had Deadpool in it. So if you did the same thing with the MCU, where if it's a, an Avengers movie or if it's a Spidey movie or if it's a whatever movie, no Deadpool. So he's not really in the MCU. Mm -hmm. But in the Deadpool universe, Spidey can show up. Or anybody who's currently alive and kicking. I mean, Cap could sh show up. Or Scarlett Johansson could show up if you want to re-sign her again for no stupid reason. There you go. And it will have no bearing on the MCU. You understand, you, literally, at that, that moment, they pulled your name off the, the Marvel Christmas list. You know you what? Know I've what never been on the list. I'm never going to get on the list. Let's not even okay. pretend that people are going to like me for any of this. 
I like okay. Scarlett Johansson, by the way. It's not like I've got anything against her, but mm-hmm. she made a sacrifice. If it's got to count, you got to keep her dead. That's the rule. You bring her back, That's, you lessen uh, the sacrifice. That's my no, point. I, I, you know, look, from a, a storytelling point of view, I, I totally back you up on that point. You know, that, that there has to be consequence, you know, that, and a sacrifice to have weight has to, you know, you know again, and the idea be a of, like if, if they sign her to do like another Black Widow movie, that's even more of a prequel that goes even further back. But now she's like also needs a cane to walk because she's been waiting for new mutants to come out as well. She's not going to be able to, you know, do the whole, hey, look at me. I'm still like I was uh, in Iron Man 2. No, 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 no. No, But it just, I can't help but think the Pirates movie Dead Man's Chest that ended with Barb. I mean, literally the last 30 seconds of that movie, two hours before it were just hours and hours of exposition setting up the third film. But it was Mm -hmm. only in the last 30 seconds where... That Barbosa comes on screen and where's my ship? You know, it became the movie you actually wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And if it were, were something like that, where a Scarlet Joe has it, wait a minute, you're supposed to be dead. You know, and you know that that it put fuel in the tank and and made me want to come to a theater and find it. Well, how is it that this character that sacrificed herself for the Soul Stone is now back? Well, I think with all of the Doctor Strange, when we've got WandaVision and all her freaky deaky powers available yep. to alter mm-hmm. reality. We've got plenty of opportunities to experiment with it. I just think, you know, Robert Downey Jr., he earned his retirement. I think Mm -hmm. that ScarJo has also earned her retirement because she even got a movie after the fact. Robert didn't get one after the fact. So, you know, just let those characters rest. We've got plenty of other things to explore, and we've also got plenty of opportunity to come back and visit them again in Marvel What If. Is that still happening? Please tell me it is. Well, the interesting thing is uh, at Comic-Con, Marvel did do a panel about their reality series. I think it was called 616, Mm -hmm. uh, where it's talking about heroes in real life, in the real world. But yeah, I don't recall that there was anything there about what if, but with animation allowed to actually move forward because, you know, animators in theory can work at home. Though, like, I want to say the folks over at Cartoon Brew just recently did a piece about, I think it's Mercury Studios up in Canada that does a lot of uh, the work for Disney. And they were just talking about the fact that, like, doing this from home, this incredibly collaborative art animation is a lot harder. You know, I mean, I know the execs think, hey, it's just pencils. You know, you're just home with your Syntec. And it's like, no, this is, you know, doing this from the house is tough. So... But yeah, as I understand it, Marvel What If is still on track and, you know, still has, you know, all of that amazing voice talent from the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, playing those characters. And what's interesting is that what they did for the Agent Carter uh, episode is they hit the sweet spot. It, it's it's right between the stylization of the comic books of the 1940s, but also has just enough of the likeness of, of Haley Atwell and Chris Evans. Just enough that it's like, oh, yeah, okay. So, you know, you, you guys gave it a decent shot. Okay. So, cool. but yeah, that, that, that sadly, there is no information about when that is showing up on Disney Plus. But again, they they've been pretty close to the vest about especially with the Marvel related stuff and again, that you know, to bring it full circle, that's all coronavirus covid related. You know, it's just it's hard to talk about, well, when is that going to get here? And it's like we don't know. Um I'm waiting on a friend 
who's got the casting sheet for Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Hollywood is, you know, for all this stop and start and are we going to open theaters or are we not going to open theaters? But, you know, I mean, it, it's still a work in town. And it's just sort of like, so the casting for Hawkeye is underway. And, you know, that they're supposed to be getting a line on who the villain is. But that'll be something we talk about on the next show, folks. So... And while you're waiting on that one, we have a number of other podcasts here at the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. We've got Disney Dish with Len Testa. Len's been doing a lot of, geez, a lot of walk-arounds the park. We have the I Want That podcast I do with uh, Shelley Valladolid. We're going to be recording a new one of those this week. Uh, likewise, we're going to be recording a new Universal joint with Dustin Fuse, and that's going to get interesting. There's been a lot of layoffs. They're they're pulling a lot of the attractions or, or a significant number of attractions out of the inventory at Universal Studios Florida, likewise at Atlas Adventures, so that's going to get interesting. And, of course, we have fine-tuning I do with uh, Drew Taylor, Likewise, looking at Lucasfilm with Dan Z. And again, be recording a brand new one of those this week. Tell you what, folks, though, if you could do myself and Aaron a favor, and if you could head over to iTunes and rate and recommend uh, the show you just listened to, Marvelous Disney, that helps us get extra ears and eyeballs. If you get out of the band camp and subscribe, that, may, that means when Aaron and I go to the movie theater and somebody has actually stolen the patent for the COVID feedback, uh, we can afford one. You know, if you, you want to keep tabs on what Aaron and I are up to, uh, you can head over the social media wise. You can find us, uh, what is it? Twitter. In fact, I, I was so enjoying <laughs> your post today about uh, what is the Peach Festival, right? That, oh, that, yeah, that. yeah. So here's the rule, guys. <laughs> if you're going to be at the Peach Festival, I am wearing the Peach mascot outfit. I am, however, not allowed to speak at all. That's part of the rule, right? You know, you can't just walk up to Mickey and go, hey, Mickey, what's going on? He's like, hey, not much, Ted. Uh, so I, I'm not allowed to talk. However, even though I'm not allowed to talk, I would like to invite all of you to uh, feel how soft and fuzzy the peach costume I'm wearing is. Don't don't even ask. Just walk up and start touching me softly oh. and feel how the, the peach fuzz all oh. around my peachy body. <laughs> don't ask permission. I give it to you now. Please touch me at the peach festival. Okay. I, 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 uh, sorry, if there folks. is someone in a peach costume, <laughs> oh my goodness, I cannot wait to hear about this. <laughs> okay. I, I really have to go call our attorneys, but, but um, anyway, uh, in the meantime, if you, you, you want to follow this, stuff, okay, head over to Twitter and Instagram. We've, we've got the uh, Jim Hill Media and on Facebook, we got Jim Hill Media News. Aaron, you're just Aaron Adams on, on, on Twitter, right? Or Actually, no, I'm, I'm incognito. I go by my my little incognito business name, Azaprod, A-Z-A-P-R-O-D. There we go. Okay. You, you, you want to keep your eye on some fun stuff, add that to your Twitter feed, folks. And, um, but anyway, we'll be back with a new show very soon. And and, and Aaron will probably be, I, I think he'll be making parole by then, right? For this <laughs> peach should, thing. It um, should be, hopefully, if I get a good lawyer. There we go. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back soon.